What's up, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of Note to Scene. This week, we got news from Fifrit King, Alpha Wolf, Armor for Sleep, Machine Gun Kelly, a radio rundown, and a deep dive on the life and death of Chiodos. Go check out notetoscene.com and at notetoscene on Twitter to keep up with all the latest news and numbers from the scene. You can listen to every song mentioned during this episode on the Note to Scene Spotify playlist. And as always, if you have any comments, questions, or requests for deep dives, email me at notetoscene at gmail.com. All right, let's get started. So Fit for a King released their new album, The Path, this past Friday on Solid State Records. This is by far the band's most matured album to date. It walks the line between their signature metalcore sound and branching out into a kill switch engaged radio sound. The Face of Hate opens the album with big 2000s metalcore vibes and could honestly be mistaken as kill switch to a more naive ear. Pummeling verses, huge hook, emotive lyrics. It's really the formula for this entire record, but damn it, they just do it really, really well. The single Breaking the Mirror is still probably my favorite song just because they delivered on a moment that was meant to make them a bigger band. Prophet sounds like if Comatose Era Skillet was a metalcore band. God of Fire takes a page from Code Orange's new industrial metalcore book. The hook on Louder Voices will be stuck in your head for years. I mean, if you're a fan of metalcore, you just can't hate on this album. It just delivers in every way that metalcore fans want. Fit for a King just continue to grow and become a somewhat underrated force in their own right. I'm at a 7.9 out of 10 on this album. The one thing that consistently holds it back is the production that feels a little bit lazy at certain places, and the drum mix feels way overdubbed. But ultimately, another super solid release from these guys. Given the pandemic, don't expect any surprising sales numbers. I'm expecting somewhere around 5,000 first week. Moving on, Alpha Wolf released a new song called Restricted. It's from their new album, A Quiet Place to Die, which drops this Friday on Sharp Tone Records. It's another stupid heavy track from the band, a little more straightforward than their previous singles and definitely not on the same caliber as Akudama, but will more than suffice for any fan of heavy music. The music video is also a very graphic watch. It has a trigger warning in front of it, but just in case anyone decides to watch it, definitely brace yourself. Overall, I'm at an 8 out of 10 on Restricted, and I'm super excited for this album. I'll have a full review of it on the show next week. In other news, Armor for Sleep and Conditions re-released What to Do When You're Dead and Fluorescent Youth for their 15 and 10 year anniversaries. These are just two fantastic and underrated post-hardcore albums that didn't get what they deserved back in the day and are absolutely overlooked historically. Armor for Sleep put five unreleased songs and six demos on their re-release, and Conditions put two bonus tracks on Fluorescent Youth. If you haven't ever checked these albums out, I highly recommend giving them your time. Both original and re-releases are on streaming services right now. They're great records front to back. So, our last news bit this week. This Friday, Machine Gun Kelly will release his new album, Tickets to My Downfall. Like I've said before on the show and on Note to Scene's Twitter, the performance of this album could open doors for more projects that take from our world. So in other words, major labels could put more money into pop punk and emo shit. So even though you may not like MGK doing a pop punk album, it could end up allowing your favorite band to get an opportunity that they might have not gotten if he wouldn't have done this. 
He has quite a few good looks going into the album's release. His song My Ex's Best Friend with Black Bear has been added to the largest playlist on Spotify called Today's Top Hits and is currently sitting at number 26 on the highest daily stream songs on the platform. Bloody Valentine is currently at number two on alternative radio and will definitely get to number one, if not next week, definitely the week after. He has had multiple viral moments over the last month leading up to the release. This could be a big moment for our world. So we'll have a full pop punk MGK deep dive on the show next week with a review of the album, first week prediction, a chronicle of his history with the scene and more. On to this week's radio rundown. So All Time Lows Monsters featuring Black Bear, still at number one on alternative radio. Very cool to see, but like I just said, MGK is breathing down their neck with Bloody Valentine. I think this might be ATL's last week at number one, which would line up great for MGK, because like I just said, his album drops on Friday, so we'll see. Also on alternative radio, something interesting, Fearless Records band, I don't know how, but they found me with their song Leave Me Alone, which is up from number 21 last week to 17 this week with a 22% increase in spins. This is interesting and something definitely to watch from here on out. IDK Howe is Dallin Weeks from Panic of the Disco and Ryan Seaman, who has just been in a fuck ton of bands, but probably most notably Falling in Reverse. On the rock radio side, I Prevail are at number 12, up from number 14 last week with Every Time You Leave. Looks like Bring Me the Horizon might have hit a ceiling with Parasite Eve already. It was at 19 last week and 21 this week and down 12% in plays, which makes sense given that Sony has also submitted Obey to rock radio this week, which is sitting at number 40 right now. We'll see if they can get any higher than Parasite Eve, but if 19 is the highest Parasite Eve gets, That's a big disappointment for the band. Asking Alexandria and Motionless and White have begun their climbs up the chart with Asking's They Don't Want What We Want jumping from 46 to 31 and Motionless cover of The Killers Somebody Told Me up from 48 to 33. These are pretty big leaps out of the gates, so hopefully they can keep the momentum. Very interesting update from last week on Bad Omens. Their song Limits is up from 29 to 25 this is the highest they've ever been on rock radio so we'll definitely be watching this one close to see if they can keep moving all time low have also submitted monsters to rock radio while it sits at number one on alternative if i had to guess i'd say they submitted it to top 40 and didn't get in for whatever reason and just said fuck it toss it here while we're at number one over there and see what numbers we can put up across the two But that does it for this week's Radio Rundown. On to our Chiodos deep dive. So Chiodos is one of the more notable what-if stories from the scene. In 2009, they were absolutely the biggest direct non-breakout scene band. We didn't know it then, but the moment they kicked Craig out of the band, that was the end. The comeback was a shit show from the moment they said he was back. So what happened? Where did it all go wrong? Just like with every deep dive on the show, Let's start with the beginning. So Chiodos formed in 2001 as the Chiodos Brothers by Craig Owens, Bradley Bell, and Pat McManaman while they were all in high school. They're from Flint, Michigan, and being someone who grew up somewhere near there in Northwest Indiana, let me tell you that the Flint scene was wild back in the day. Obviously, Chiodos is the biggest band to ever come out of there, but they also produced the Swellers and infamous hardcore band King 810, which I just want to put on record began as a Chiodos side project by their guitarist Jason Hale and were actually signed to Equal Vision in 2008, but the rest of that shit show is a story for another day. 
Back to Chiodos. The band released demo EPs in 2001, 2002, and 2003. You can find them all on YouTube, and the 2003 demo, The Heartless Control Everything, is actually on streaming services. Nothing to write home about production and execution-wise, all very, very rough songs, unrefined ideas, but ideas nonetheless and cool documentation on how the band developed their now classic sound. They then wrote All's Well That Ends Well in 2004 and released it on Equal Vision Records in 2005. The scene hadn't heard anything like this album before. It was so violent, almost like if a band made an entire record that sounded like Under Oath's Young and Aspiring and threw it in a Baroque piano blender. But looking back now, even if it is a Shakespeare reference, it's hard to believe a band actually released a song called One Day Women Will All Become Monsters and then their label actually pushed it as a single and paid for a music video. But at the time, nobody even noticed, which probably says a lot more about emo and the scene as a whole. But long story short, this album catapulted this band. It debuted at 164 on the Billboard Top 200, but by 2009 had sold over 200,000 copies. Obviously, the Chiodos hype was done by 2011, but I'd be very interested to see how close this album is to 500,000 and a gold certification. On the All's Well cycle, they did the Alternative Press Tour, Take Action Tour, Warp Tour dates, and more, all just in 2006. Then in 2007 brought their second album, Bone Palace Ballet, and this album was a fucking juggernaut. Think All's Well, but on steroids. David Bendith mixed this record and really helped beef the hell out of it. And the first week performance reflected how much hype the band had at that point. They went from 164 with All's Well to number 5 on the top two with 39,000 units sold first week. The wind was at their backs, and the sky was the limit for this band on the Bone Palace cycle. Equal Vision pushed Lexington as a single, and it was actually getting played on rock radio. They reissued the album in 2008 with the monstrosity that was The Undertaker's Thirst for Revenge, and then they went on a fucking arena tour opening for Linkin Park. By 2009, Chiodos was officially the biggest band in the scene. There are videos of their set at their hometown date of Warp Tour that summer, and there are points when you can't even hear the band over the people screaming in the crowd. It was just an insane time, but nothing good lasts forever, right? And all of this momentum and success was going straight to Craig's head. And on September 24th, 2009, Chiodos announced on their MySpace page that they had kicked Craig out of the band. Their statement read, quote, To all our friends, family, and fans, we would like to let you know that we have let Craig Owens go as the singer of Chiodos. This decision was a necessary one. Out of respect for all of the hard work that we have put in together for all of these years, we will not be discussing the specific reasons that this needed to happen. We wish Craig well. We will absolutely be continuing on as a band, and we will keep you informed as this next chapter unfolds. Chiodos fans are the best fans in the world, and all we can ask of you, after everything you have already given us, is to share in our excitement for this next album. We promise you will not be disappointed. Brad, Jason, Pat, and Matt. The announcement sent shockwaves. The biggest band in the scene just kicked out their vocalist. What the fuck? And nobody remembers, but we went months without hearing any news on the future of Chiodos in this album. So the rumor mills churn like no other. I remember there was one that Sonny Moore was going to return to the scene and front Chiodos and do Skrillex at the same time. It's so funny to think about the ideas we had back then on the message boards. But fast forward to February 2nd, 
2010, the band announced that Brandon Ballmer of Yesterday's Rising would be Chiodas' new vocalist, and he would be leaving Yesterday's Rising. If you don't remember Yesterday's Rising from back in the day, or have never heard of them, I definitely recommend looking them up on Spotify or Apple Music. They were on Fearless while they were active and released a great EP called When We Speak, We Breathe. You can listen to the title track on this week's episode playlist. But, so, Brandon is in. Their first show was supposed to be the 2010 date of Bamboozle, but they hopped on a date of the Alternative Press Tour the day before and played their first official show on March 24th, 2010. It was still a while before we heard anything about the first post-Craig album, but at some point during that summer, a demo of a song called Thermacare that the band had recorded with Craig before they kicked him out leaked. Craig later took the instrumentals to this song and wrote The Only Thing You Talk About Is for Drugs, and Chiodos took the instrumentals and wrote Stratovolcano Mouth with Brandon. But Thermacare is really the last moment we got before the beginning of the end of Chiodos. Craig's scream at the beginning of this song when it drops is seared into everyone's brains who are around during this time forever. This is one of the most iconic demos the scene ever produced. So fast forward to August 10th, we went the entire summer without any word of new music besides the Thermacare League. But on August 10th, 2010, the band dropped one of the best teaser videos this scene ever saw. It showed what looked like a cult ceremony in the middle of the desert with a very eerie, unsettling feeling to it. I had pure goosebumps the first time I watched this clip. At the end, it culminates with a flash to Brandon, the new vocalist, the audio cuts, and he just whispers, stop. And the artwork appears with the intro to Caves playing. Holy fucking shit, this was so nuts the day this thing dropped. I was definitely playing both sides of the fence back then. I wanted so badly for Chiodos to succeed without Craig. I felt like he needed that blow to his ego, and now looking back, I know it's what he needed. But Pete fucking Wentz made an entire band for him while all of this was happening, so his ego only grew bigger once he got kicked out of Chiodos. But the drug shit show is uh, also another deep dive for another time. So Chiodos dropped their first album without Craig Owens, Illuminatio, on October 5th, 2010. It was a valiant effort that is historically way better than people gave it credit for. When an established band gets a new vocalist, that previous bar they set is virtually impassable. Brandon did a hell of a job. I actually spoke to him while I was at Alternative Press, and he told me that he had a new post-hardcore project in the works, but from what I know, nothing ever came of it publicly. Illuminatio sold 11,000 units first week, which was 28,000 units less than Bone Palace, and debuted at number 37 on the top 200. Removing Craig Owens from the Chiodos formula took nearly all the wind out of the band's sales, and it kills me to say that, but that's exactly what happened. A year and a half following the release of Illuminatio, Craig Owens rejoined Chiodos, and the band went from the most fire teaser video to the shittiest with one of Craig at his house telling another member of the band, let's do this, and then the words best friend become redefined played over the logo. The Chiodos Craig comeback was an absolute shit show from the start. The only moment we got out of it was when they played their reunion show in their hometown and opened with Thermacare. 
that shit definitely popped off. But the shit show really began with all the lineup changes once Craig came back. At one point, Chiodos was honestly a low-key supergroup with members of the Fall of Troy, the Mars Volta, and RX Bandits. But they dropped what would be their final album, Devil, through Razor and Tie Records on April 1st. And it saw an increase from the Illuminati first week, selling 18,000 units and debuting at number 12 on the top 200. But absolutely nowhere near where the band was when they kicked him out at the end of the bone palace cycle and i'll even defend devil i don't think it's a bad album it's nothing compares to all's well or bone palace but it still stands on its own however smaller there are solid Chiodos moments here, and I know I'm in the minority, but I loved the unabashed sellout moment at 3 a.m. I've listened to that song so many times over the years. But ultimately, Devil spelled the impending end for the band. There was obvious tensions in the fact that they couldn't keep a stable lineup, and those tensions were coming forth in the inconsistency of the music. More members left in 2013, and ultimately, things just went quiet. In 2016, Pat McManaman posted an unreleased demo song on Chiodo's Facebook that Craig wasn't even aware of. It was called Gummy Bears, and it was a rough song, very bare bones, and shows what the band was working with when they came back with Craig at the beginning of writing for Devil. I had been speaking with Craig semi-frequently at that point, and he called me that morning to do an interview, just absolutely ready to control the narrative yet again like he always does. He told me word for word, I could never say that Chiodos is done forever when I asked him what the state of the band was and what the future held. Then, five months later, he went and told Billboard that Chiodos was done and that it, quote, just couldn't stay afloat. He used that announcement to launch his failed Bad Channels project. Now fast forward to 2020, and we, Note to Scene, published an editorial piece called What the Hell Happened to Craig Owens, and then he brought drugs back by himself a few weeks later. The song that he put out earlier this year, King I Am, has 72,000 streams on YouTube and 403,000 on Spotify to date. You can do the math on that reunion. Chiodos was a lightning in a bottle moment for the scene, just like a lot of other things. And like nearly all other things in the scene, that magic is never going to come back. And Craig, since I know you're going to listen to this, just let it go, man. You had a great run that will live on in the scene forever, but let the legacy live. It's time. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of Note to Scene. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any requests for deep dives, email me at notetoscene at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Note to Scene on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please drop a review on iTunes. I'd very much appreciate it. Until next week, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.